This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, October 31st. We get the Monster Mash a little bit here, right? Have I ever told you my my favorite Halloween song? It's what? in the system somewhere. I recommend you getting to it at some point. Oh, yeah? where It's what? called the Wobblin' Goblin. The Wobblin' Goblin. What's that about? It's, a Rose, it's by uh, Rosemary Clooney. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, it's uh, the Wobblin' Goblin with the Broken Broom. Okay. And it's my favorite Halloween song. You might have to do an all-audio search for that one because I don't remember where I saved it. I love it. It's my favorite Halloween song of all time. We'll add it to the list. <laughs> there's not that many. It's not like uh, Christmas songs. No, there's like maybe how many Halloween songs? Uh, like two? Monster Mash, The Wobbling Goblin. How about uh, Spooky Scary Skeletons? Uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts. Uh-huh. Grim Grinning Ghosts. Um, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Is that a Halloween song? I mean... How when do you when else do you hear it? I I guess. For, I think for the I think for the general public, it's a Halloween song at this point. Yeah, I would say so. I think for people who are Michael Jackson fans, tough holding on to that bridge, isn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, others. That's you. You will listen to that at other times during the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got playoff volleyball on the air tonight, CJ. Uh-huh. A double whammy of, of uh, playoff volleyball. Uh, I'm going to Melrose, and I haven't been to Melrose in years and years and years. The Melrose Area Dutchmen are hosting the Staples Motley Cardinals 6 AA playoff volleyball tonight. And uh, let's take a look at it. The Cardinals, the five seed in the 6 AA tournament, are 18-8-1 on the uh, season, and uh, they finished, as we know by this point from previous updates, 3-1 and one in Mid-State Conference play. Away from their home floor this year, 5-2. and two. Their QRF rating is now up to 114.9. They are ranked 32nd in the class, those both according to the QRF. Winners of now five straight are the Staples Motley Cardinals. The fourth seed in this 6AA tournament is Melrose area. They are 19-8 and eight overall. They finished at 9-5 and five in the West Central Conference and are 6-2 and two on their home floor this season. Their QRF rating is 116.0, and they are ranked 29th in the class, again, according to the QRF. The Dutchmen are winners of now five straight. Uh, Melrose area beat Malacca 3-0 in the opening round of the 6AA tournament. The Cardinals beat Pillager 3-0. So we are uh, full steam ahead in that 6AA tournament. Listen tonight on AM 1430 and 98.5 FM The Fan. It's a 645 pregame with a 7 o'clock first serve. And we also have some other high school volleyball in the airwaves tonight over on the Superstation K106, 105.9 FM, WadenaRadio.com, and the Superstation K106 app. It's Section 5A volleyball, Verndale, 
at Browerville Eagle Valley, played at the Clarissa, uh, at the old Eagle Valley High School Gymnasium in Clarissa there. Uh, Corey, you were at the gym earlier. How was that experience for you? It's going to be a tight squeeze um, uh, for you. Just be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a tight squeeze just kind of in general. You know, it's not the biggest gym you'll ever see, but it is going to be loud. It will be. Loud, loud in there. It will be, especially because Browerville Eagle Valley is 22-2 and on the season, 11-1 and in Section 5A, 8-0 and in the Prairie Conference, 7-2 and away, 7-0 and in neutral site games, undefeated on that home floor that they've been playing in Clarissa this year. Uh, their QRF, 122.5. They're class-ranked 16th in A-ball, and their only uh, loss that I have uh in Section 5A was a three-set-to-nothing loss to Nevis and then a two-sets-to-one loss to Parker's Prairie and a tournament in Parker's Prairie for their second loss of the season. So they're uh, firing on all cylinders this year. Over in Verndale, much of the same. They're 20-7 and seven on the season, 7-4 and four in Section 5A, 5-2 and two in the Park Region Conference, 7-5 and five on the road, 7-2 and two in neutral site games. They were 6-0, and oh, Corey, on their home court. They have a QRF of 118.6. Their class rank is 18th, so two teams that are pretty darn close to each other in those rankings. Uh, if you look at Verndale's first playoff game, they beat Walker Hackensack Akeley three sets to none. On Friday night, Browerville Eagle Valley, they took care of Long Prairie Gray Eagle on Friday night as well, beating them three sets to none. Uh, these are two teams that played earlier in the regular season not too long ago, and Corey, you had that volleyball game. Uh, I know I'm supposed to give the preview of my game, but uh, you're the one who saw them play earlier, so what do you what do you have to add? I mean, I just expect a really competitive, loud, kind of boisterous match. These two teams, uh, I, I believe it was a 3-0 um, match, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. in favor of Browerville. But it was, you know, sometimes those scores are deceiving. Sometimes you get a five setter that really neither of uh, none of the sets were that close. They but they just kind of overall they worked out to be pretty evenly matched. Sometimes you see a three zero match and you think, boy, was that a drubbing? And that wasn't the case in this one. This, these were competitive three sets, um, and uh, there were just moments of momentum that had they could have gone the other way. They didn't because Browerville Eagle Valley did such a good job of kind of staving that off. Uh, this is going to be, this one's going to be a feisty one tonight uh, uh, in Clarissa. Um, you should, I think, really look forward to probably your best match of the season. It should be a good one uh, tonight in these uh, uh, in this matchup. And yeah, like we've talked about before, it's going to be boisterous. It's going to be loud. Both fan bases are good. Both fan bases are passionate. Uh, it's going to be, like you said, a tight squeeze. It's going to be just overall. And uh, that's not. I, I, it shouldn't sound like a detriment when I say tight squeeze. It means that that gym is going to be loud. It's going to be intense. And it should be a good one from Clarissa tonight. We have, uh, again, it's over on the Superstation. That is a 6.45 pregame and a 7 o'clock first serve from Clarissa. KWAD has been serving Central Minnesota's best listeners for 75 years. 75 years. Thank you. We want you to join us Wednesday, November 8th for cake and coffee at the Wadena Depot. Stop by, say hi, reminisce about 75 years 
And Hubbard Broadcasting in Wadena thanks you for your endless support. It's the KW80 75th anniversary open house from 11 to 1 at the Wadena Depot. See you there on Wednesday, November 8th. Not pa- not I would not put it past me to crash a birthday party, so guess we're going. Call me if there's cake, I'm in. You had me at cake. <laughs> uh, hey, Corey, so we we mentioned this a little bit yesterday, and it was kind of more reacting to the news and not quite really formulating a take because we're really just reacting. Kirk Cousins, uh, officially official, uh, it's a torn Achilles. He's out not only for the season, but potentially that could have been the last snap he took as a Minnesota Viking. But in the short term, the Vikings have to figure out what they need to do the rest of the season uh, because, you know, what they get done with week eight, there's still, you know, uh, what, 10 more games to go, nine more games to go uh, for the Vikings squad. So, I mean, the trade deadline is today at like three o'clock. Do you, do you see the Vikings making a move? Should the Vikings make a move? Uh, kind of where does this franchise sit? That's an open-ended question. It's very open-ended because there's so many different avenues you could choose, and almost all of them kind of have the same end point, which is this team is screwed. You know, I think think that they could do something, and it might not be for a quarterback. Okay. Because that was probably always going to be in play for them anyway. To make some sort of minor move. Mm-hmm. Because why not? Like, what team isn't in the mix? I just the the reason why this is the main question, though, is is we're we're kind of beating around the bush on this. It's because Kirk Cousins got hurt. Yeah. What are they going to do for co- their quarterback? That's the real question we want to know, right? Yeah. So what I, are they going to do? Nothing. Which... I don't. I don't think anything. Right. I mean, there's close to a dozen names I've seen, and most of them are are Minnesota adjacent sort of names. You know, it's it's Tom Brady and that's not Minnesota adjacent well, even no. though he happens to have relatives in the area. It's Tom Brady cuz he's retired and available. But then it's, you know, it's like oh, Trey Lance. It's it's uh I don't know. Carson Wentz. Teddy Bridgewater. It's Carson Wentz. Like get out of here <laughs> with some of these names. They're not happy. Those guys A aren't good. And B, it's not happening. Like, why my, uh, you're not going to mortgage your future for a guy who's not really that all that great? My wife threw out a Chargers backup quarterback, Easton Stick. You want to guess where he played uh, his college football? I don't have at? to guess. No, it's, don't not in, uninterested in that. <laughs> I'm uninterested in him because if he were good, he'd already be playing. Well, for someone, <laughs> I get who he's backing up. I'm just like I. I'm not like. I don't want to poo-poo necessarily the people who are making suggestions. I'm poo-pooing the suggestion. Some of these people stink at football. Like Carson Wentz Wait, hasn't been good at football for a decade. Wait, you don't want Colt McCoy? I don't want Colt McCoy. You don't want Jameis Winston? I don't want Jameis Winston. You don't want Andy Dalton? I would I would accept an Andy Dalton argument. Okay, yeah, that's the one maybe that I get close to accepting. I don't know if there's any backup quarterback around the league Really, that's even close. And here's the thing with some of these trades. Uh, a lot of them are, in, like I've seen Marcus Mariota thrown around as well, but a lot of these quarterbacks are backups on NFC teams, and if they're all fighting for the playoffs, why would they help the Vikings out by giving them a quarterback? 
So that's the other thing. And also, I think you're right, Corey. I don't think the Vikings do anything because there's really nothing they can do that's ultimately going to make them that much better outside of maybe getting Andy Dalton. But like then what you're, you know, it's going to take him two weeks to get the playbook in. And by that time, if you lose the next two, you're probably done anyways. Yep. Like they're in such a tough spot. And again, they dug themselves a hole early. They got themselves out of it. They get credit for that. But they did dig themselves into that hole early by going 0-3. When you go 0-3, you have no margin for error. And losing your starting quarterback is a very big error. Uh, It's not your fault, but it's a very big error that got thrown in there for this team. I think, really, that they're just... They're backed into a corner uh, well, with this with the with the, without Kirk. And interestingly enough, now they're they are in the mix, but if instead of four and four, you're five and three, uh huh. Making a trade for somebody and being able to wait a week for them to soak things up, you're allowed a little bit more of that time, right? Right. If you want to bring in an Andy Dalton at five and three. And give him a week to learn the at least outline of your playbook. Right. Even two so weeks and you're in, five and five so, or something like that. So that way in two weeks he can play for you. Like essentially you're giving him two full weeks of practice and only missing a game. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking like that seems like it's a little more in the in the realm of possibility. I just don't know. Weirdly, this team is kind of set up for the future. Yeah. Well, we talked about it in the spring with the way the Vikings drafted Addison and at Hawkinson and Jefferson and the offensive line, which developed into a really nice unit this year. Yeah. It's probably about as good as set up for a fifth round pick to come in and at least see if he can do some stuff. I mean, that's the this is the thing I'm judging the Vikings for for the rest of the season is how does Kevin O'Connell handle a rookie quarterback? How does he handle developing a game plan? How does he develop him in general because I've always felt like Jaron Hall drafting him in the fifth round as a quarterback was Kevin O'Connell basically getting a dry run at picking a rookie quarterback developing them and kind of handling them and seeing how that process works because when the Vikings draft one next year O'Connell kind of know how to do it and we're going to find out can I tell you what I think is actually the long term on all of this yeah although the injury puts the this is a wrinkle no one expected yeah it's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the future for this Vikings team. You think so? I kind of started to believe that about about for no apparent reason about three weeks ago. Uh huh. And because this team was not going to tank. No, I mean they they just they were clearly too good. Even though their record, it was like this team is too good to be tanking. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. They're gonna they're gonna continue to try to compete. I think Kirk Cousins is the quarterback for this Vikings team for another two years. Hey Corey, one word answer before I let you go. Uh, Timberwolves. <laughs> nah, <laughs> no, thank you. Well, you just described their second half right there. Uh, the Timberwolves were up, by the way, I should add. They were up by 20 points at halftime, roughly. Uh, they only score 21 for the rest of the game. They lose uh, and lose badly. They get outscored like 29 to 50-something in the second half. They lose badly to the Atlanta Hawks last night in typical Timberwolves fashion of playing like one of the best teams in the NBA in the first half and then looking like the Timberwolves since Kevin Garnett left up until 2018 uh, 
you know, in that entire portion. Uh, they looked as bad as they've ever looked. Now it's game three, so we're not going to... Some positives. It's only game three, so let's not get too carried away. Rudy Gobert has looked incredible these first three games of the season. He has looked like he's gotten back into form. The downside is, is this is a lot like last year, the team just falling apart and having no answer when things go wrong. And the second thing is, uh, this is the second game this season where things have just gotten away from you on the road in a winnable game in the Eastern Conference in the second half of a, of a game. So, I don't know, man. And the West just got tougher because James Harden over the overnight got traded from the Philadelphia 76ers to the Los Angeles Clippers in the Western Conference. So things aren't getting easier for the old Timber Pups. Great. Love it. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for seven uh, for October 31st, I should say. Happy Halloween, everybody.